Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Crimes, Killers, Cults, and Beer. And Beer. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Todd, does it? It doesn't. Todd sounds no. off tonight. Yeah. Sounds and, and strange. Todd, yeah, Todd is off tonight. He's, um, he has some things come up and everything, so he's, he's off tonight and he, he might be off next week too, I don't know. I, but whatever, whatever, whatever the case may be, I'm not going to get into his business. We wish him well. But in the meantime, sitting in Todd's chair is our good friend Mark from Mental Illness Theater. What's up, Mark? Hey, how's it going, man? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. <laughs> and we, yeah, this is kind of last minute unexpected and we're in, but hey, we're going to make a go of it. And this is why you know other podcasters. So when it happens, it's like, exactly. <laughs> who can get on a microphone fast and do this? Right. So, so, uh, this, this episode, you know, it, this is a spinoff of our, um, of our last meal episode, which is being well received. And in that episode, we actually, we actually said that it's like, Hey, you know, we're going to cover this guy. Might even be next week. Well, yeah, it is next week. So because <laughs> what the hell? So the, 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 the one that we closed with was, um, Marion Albert Pruitt and, you know, the crazy ass serial killer. And yeah, you know, I start going into, into his story and everything and, yeah, this guy was a fucking nut job. He's up, he's he's on the he, like if you ordered Pee Wee Gaskins from Wish. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is this is what right Pee Wee Gaskins is not the name you want to have. You don't want to be that guy. No. <laughs> But yeah, I'm glad that we, I'm glad that, you know, we came across that one in the last meal episode because it's the story. I mean, it's not going to be a, a long one, but it's, it's really, it, it's action packed. <laughs> it's worth it. I mean, I love it when shit like that happens because I forget we recently did one on mental illness theater about um, a Canadian killer, Serge Archambault. He, he killed three people, so it doesn't sound like that much of a story. But when you get into the, this, like the nuts and bolts of it, at one point, he killed a woman, butchered her, went to a local store, and ran into her wife, or ran into his wife, 30 minutes after murdering this woman. And he played it like cool as a cucumber. And it's like, man, yeah. just that detail. We're making a short story out of this one. So it happens, right? Like, mm -hmm. you're running I listened these... to, I, I listened to that episode. I liked it. <laughs> uh, I had no idea. Like, I had seen the name, because, you know, Canadian Killer, we're in Canada, you, you you know, recognize it, but when you actually got into the story, it was like, well, you just jumped up the list, didn't you, sir? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, and, and I could have, I could have pushed this one back, but I'm just like, you know what? We did, it, it's fresh off of everybody's minds with the, um, last meal episode. Fuck it. Let's just do it. Exactly. <laughs> so, but we're going to get into a lot more detail than what we gave you on, um, the, last meal episode but cool, i'm cool, glad cool. you are liking that episode because i honestly didn't think that that episode was going to be well received i like being wrong every now and then <laughs> i know it's hard to tell sometimes because um 
we have no artistic direction in our podcast, and uh, it shows with the things we cover, and sometimes stuff hits, and sometimes stuff doesn't, so, you know, go figure. <laughs> so, um, let's let's jump into this one. It's, uh, like I said, it's not a typical long one, but um, but... I think you're gonna have fun. Any anytime, anytime you can compare a serial killer to Pee Wee Gaskins and call him the the wish version of Pee Wee Gaskins, yeah, on a on a true crime comedy podcast, it's oh, a good you're start, in, right? Yeah, yeah, you're in for a treat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. But, so That's like last night, uh, me and Gina recorded one that involved a lot of ancient Rome, and it's just like man. We could just talk about how fucking crazy this society was. <laughs> like Rome is nuts. These people are fucking yeah. crazy. So, yeah, sometimes they just write themselves. I know. I was going to do an ad for you, but uh, you know, under the circumstances, I don't really have the. I I, I, I can't. It right happens. Now. <laughs> Life happens, right? No, it's funny about that. Yeah. So, all right. So, strap in. <laughs> Pour yourself a mad dog, because <laughs> that was this guy's nickname, Mad Dog. Which he gave himself, you told me. Which he gave himself, yes. <laughs> so, so Marion Albert Pruitt, and and I'm just going to recap on his crazy ass last meal because you know because Mark, you said that you hadn't listened to the last meal episode. So no, I have not. We're going to start with his last meal. Okay. Which, so, uh, I generally don't like it when podcasts will be like, this is how the story ends, <laughs> and then we're going to start from the beginning. No, yes. just start from the beginning, but not this, but it's relevant this way because we covered it in a previous episode. So, <laughs> I guess, yeah. no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but, uh, let's see. He was, he was executed by lethal injection on April 12th of 1999 at the Cummins unit of the, um, Arkansas Department of Corrections in Grady, Arkansas. Okay. That was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> so he's an Arkansas boy, though. He, well, no. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Fucked it up already. <laughs> His crimes went on for uh, only a very short time, from March 2nd, 1981, to the um, to later in the year of 81. Oh, shit. Like October. And... Like we said last week, his last meal was a large stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut. Okay. A large fry. That's not bad. Three two-liter bottles of Pepsi. Okay. A bucket of ice. All right. A bottle of ketchup. <laughs> four Whoppers. Okay. <laughs> lots of salt. <laughs> fried eggplant and fried oh, okra. Oh, Jesus Christ, what happened at the end there? <laughs> First of all, I have to ask, you need extra salt for that? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I need extra salt for my fries and my four fucking burgers and my stuffed crust pizza. Like, are you trying to die before the lethal injection? That's exactly what I think happened. Um, oh, and, oh, oh, hold on, there's, well, wait, there's more. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing this off of a transcribed from, from my audio file from when we had recorded this episode initially. Ah, I gotcha. This is, this is a re-record, folks, because it didn't come out very well. There was technical difficulties the, the first time that Todd and I recorded it. So we're redoing it. And these now Todd's thing, not here. <laughs> yeah, these are the things that listeners don't really know about, but how many times 
things fuck up horribly yeah. while we try to record. It's, I'm shocked that we got it. We're actually recording right now on our first go. This has never happened before. <laughs> well, the um, I mean, our our episode that we did on um on um Gloria Trevi. Um, that episode was cursed. I mean, we literally recorded that episode three different times. Oh God. And then it's just, I mean, and, and, and it's, it's one of, it's in our top five. People freaking loved it. Todd was like, Todd was like, oh man, we, maybe we should just kill this. I'm like, nah, dude, people are going to dig this freaking episode. I know it. And sure enough, it's in our top five. And the, <laughs> the only time we ever had to re-record was the second part of, uh, the Eustasia, which was, the um oh god the croatian murder cult that basically killed all the serbians they can get their hands on in the second world war so it was basically a genocide episode and we had to record it twice oh and, yeah uh, lovely yeah that's when gina was like there's a new rule we're not doing any more genocides and i was like i agree that was fucking terrible yeah, yeah well i mean you know our, uh, the the worst episode we've done is um you know torture mom Banaswecki or what, whatever the hell. Oh, right. I passed so, on that one. Couldn't yeah, I, know I don't, the I don't story? Blame you. And it was just like, I'm sorry, you. man. Love the podcast, but I can't listen to the story ever again because I heard it enough. Like this I, is just the worst. Oh my god, that poor girl. And we did a pretty deep dive on it too. And Todd Ugh. tapped out, and Ugh. I, I almost did, but it's just like, okay, well, if Todd taps out, if I can't tap out. <laughs> <laughs> Just dead air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, okay, yeah, this is, um, yeah, this is just transcribed from my audio file from, mm-hmm. from where we did it before. So it started another paragraph. He also had fried squash on top of the eggplant and the okra okay. and, and an entire pecan pie. It's not my favorite pie. I like pecan pie. I think it's a very southern thing because around here, like we're in eastern Canada, we never see pecan pie, or pecan pie. Like it's just not really a thing. Well, at least you're saying it correctly. Is it pecan or pecan? It's pecan. There you go. But so, some learning. people call it. Some people, especially in the south, call it the pecan. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, a pecan is what truck drivers use so that they don't have to stop and take a piss. <laughs> Oh, it's not just truck drivers. <laughs> well, yeah, but um, but no, it, I mean, I, pecan trees are you know very common. I, I lived in a house um years ago that had a, a pecan tree in the in the yard, and well, I never had to pay for pecans. <laughs> right. and I think that might be a Canadian thing because here, by law, everything has to be flavored with maple. Uh, I don't think we're allowed to use any, you know. No, we're, you're not allowed to use that. They they will physically stop you. Oh damn! <laughs> but <laughs> he originally we're still on his last meal. He originally wanted a roast duck as well, but the prison wouldn't cook it. So yeah, he just decided, okay, screw you. I'm just going to break the bank, and he did. And that and his his little menu is like a truck's. A freaking truck stop buffet right there. <laughs> yeah, like that's more than a meal. Like four yeah. burgers. Like holy shit, dude was going off. He was making sure he was full when he went off. Yeah, I, I think it was, I think it, you know was trying to off himself, <laughs> <laughs> or 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 
or at very least, um, or at very least, try to make sure that they they had like a huge mess to clean up or whatever. But the thing is, it's like okay, they're going to give you the last meal. It's not going to digest completely, so it's not going to be like a greasy discharge or whatever. Yeah, right. You're not going to be explosively shitting yourself like you want to be. Right. Because that's so, what I'd be shooting for. Don't get me wrong. I I would be. Well, yeah, but but if you but if you think about it, the it's not enough time. To, it's not enough time to digest that all all that stuff down to where it gets into your large intestine and just goes off everywhere. Oh, I get you, but I mean that's probably <laughs> what's in mind as you're doing it, as you're loading oh, yeah. the gun. This is what you're hoping for, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I, exactly. So. The sources are baffling documentaries on YouTube, and I also I I found a really good documentary on him. It's on baffling documentaries, and I I bookmarked that page. I'm going to use that source again. Um, His wiki, his Murderpedia, and caselaw.com. Oh, nice. Good old case law. Yeah. So he was born... um, October 4th, 1949 in Gastonia, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was raised in Charlotte, which is about 45 minutes from Gastonia. Okay. So he's a North Carolina boy. Yeah, he's a North Carolina boy. He, he played, he played baseball and he liked to, to skate, but he was never on time. He was always late. <laughs> <laughs> You got oh, it. You, Jesus Christ. You got what I did. You you caught it. <laughs> that was good. Holy shit. <laughs> That's I'm the man by Anthrax for those of you who are going, what the hell are they laughing at? <laughs> but no, nah, he did play baseball and he liked to roller skate. So that's, I mean, I, I saw that and I couldn't, I couldn't resist. I had to bring Anthrax into this. <laughs> Very nice. Damn, I should have said, but he's never on time. He's always sleeping. <laughs> Late. <laughs> yeah, it's just if you don't know what I'm talking about, just, I, Anthrax, I'm the man. Look it up on YouTube. You're welcome. <laughs> Actually, look up everything Anthrax has ever done, because... Not to go on my rant, but they were one of my formative bands. Like, fuck, I, I still love Anthrox, man. Oh, uh, me too. But anyway, hashtag, but I digress. <laughs> um, but for all intents and purposes, there's not a lot about him, his upbringing. And, you know, it just seemed pretty normal until he became a teenager when he fell into a, and with a biker gang, which led to drug and alcohol use. And his favorite drink of choice was, take a guess. Mad Dog? Mad Dog! <laughs> I don't even know what Mad Dog is. What is Mad Dog? It's a malt liquor. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like, it's like, um, Colt 45 or, um, You've it's just it. one of those You've cheap, Cole 45, I'm having so many bad flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those cheap malt liquors that people will go and buy like three quarts of and mm. pour like $2.50 for all three of them or something. Yep. Yeah, I'll never just, forget when they started selling 40 ounces of Cole 45 in like liquor stores when I was a teenager. It was a game changer because it was like, huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it, this tastes like trash, but man. If, if I... If I can still get lunch at school, but if I but if I skip the the 
the pizza slice, I'll have enough to go get a, a 40 on the way home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we did high school the same way. <laughs> oh, God, that stuff is nasty. But then again, I drink Bud Light. So. I mean, honestly, I found compared to a lot of shitty Canadian beers, I would take Cold 45 any day because, man, there are some fucking terrible ones. Like, uh, we had one here that was called Wildcat, and I swear to God, it was made out of sweat. Yeah, it was just fucking terrible. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm so fickle and finicky when it comes to beer. I will only drink Bud Light. I mean, I mean fair enough. You get something you like, right? Like, yeah. I mean, not. Uh, I'm a weed smoker, and I have certain strains that I'm the same way with. It's like, these are the ones I like. Yep. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, I still consider myself a man, and I'm still very attracted to women, even though I drink Bud Light. I consider myself an it. I'm not even considered. <laughs> Don't group me with these humans. <laughs> you can't make me. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah. So this guy's down in Mad Dog and hanging out with fucking biker gangs. So this is, and yep. he's a teenager at this point. He's a teenager, but he he also started in crime at that point, and he had a and he had gotten a six month sentence for petty theft at age seventeen. Yeah, six months at age seventeen. He'd been he he'd been a he he'd he was already in the system. For yeah, right. To get six months at 17 years old for petty for theft. petty theft, too, yeah. Like, cause I don't know exactly, but I'm pretty sure that changes state by state, but still, that's pretty low stuff. Yeah. But, he wound up hating authority as a result. But he, he found out early that when you fight authority, authority always wins. <laughs> It's just a bad way to go. Cause every time, like when you, when you're this guy just fighting authority at every step, they know who to look for. They know to come directly to you, you dumbass. You put a giant fucking target on your face. Cause every time you're yelling at the fucking cops. Yeah, they're coming for you, dickhole. Jesus Christ. I knew guys like this and it was like, yo, don't worry. He's going to get arrested. We're going to get away. So we hang out with this guy. Oh, I, I mean, there, there was this guy, there was this guy, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say his name, but, um, just, I was in junior high school, and there, there was this guy, and I was friends with him at one point, but then all of a sudden he just started being a dick to like everybody, like picking fights with everybody. It, he, he, he was obviously, he obviously got on drugs. Yeah. You know, but, um, this is junior high school, I was in ninth grade, but, um, but my my high my junior high school was a two story building, and one one time one time he 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 came at me, you know like over near the stairs and everything. He's like, "Pill!" I'm like, "Okay, I guess it's my turn now." Yeah. <laughs> so um, so it's just like he 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 shoves me. I I hit the guardrail and everything, and um, and you know I I grabbed on back back to him. I hit him before he had a chance to hit me. But then he tackled me. We went down the stairs, and um. Yeah, and then once we hit the bottom, he jumped up and took off. Okay. You know, so, I mean, it's just, the guy was, the guy was out of control. I mean, yeah. um, you know, he was, he was whacked out on something, PCP maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, I mean, anything is just gonna make you wanna fight everybody, anybody and everybody for no fucking reason. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that, that's more than weed, that's more than crack, that's, you know, yeah, we have I mean, a guy like that. Anytime he got super drunk, that's exactly what happened. Is that? Oh yeah, he's going to start swinging at someone or something. Yeah. So, but 
But um, yeah, I was t- t- telling my friend about it like later on that day, and he's like, uh, "I guess it was your turn," because this guy was literally fighting everybody, just going through <laughs> the ranks. Like, yep, yeah, haven't got this guy yet. Might as well. Oh yeah, he's on my checklist. Yeah. But um, you know, after after high, I mean, he dropped out after after ninth grade, and um, but several years later, um, he robbed the Seven Eleven and murdered the clerk and went to prison i mean that's usually what happens when you do that i mean it's not a high quality crime you know what i mean no. like shit god damn yeah but anyway but um but yeah but this but that was that was mad dog you know that that was the type of guy that mad dog was and that sounds like the type of guy this guy is like yeah 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 Exactly. They 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 would have been buddies. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So by age twenty one, he had started robbing banks, and he got caught, and that earned him a nine year sentence at the Atlanta Federal Penitentiary. Once again, which, that will happen when you're robbing banks and you get caught. Yeah, robbing banks is a federal offense. Mm-hmm. Even if you even if nobody gets hurt, even if you don't even get a dime from it, you still pulled a gun in the bank, and that's a federal crime, and you going away. <laughs> oh. That's wonderful. So he had done eight years of his sentence, and in 1978, one year before his sentence was over, his cellmate was murdered. That's weird. Now, now his cellmate. This, this is we're getting <coughs> we're getting interesting. We're getting to the interesting part now. Oh, his his cellmate was an informant in a drug-related case. There was a guy, and I don't have his name. There was another podcast where that I listened to where they did a much deeper deeper dive in on this. I was going to add some of this into mine, but I'm just like, okay, I've covered all the bases. The bases. I just don't have the 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 name and the minute details. It's um, the name didn't show up in, in any of my research that I did on it. So his cellmate, he had snitched on a drug running ring that was coming out of Miami, Florida. And the, the guy that he snitched on was, you know, he, he was also there at the Atlanta penitentiary. Oh, okay. Now he, this, this, this guy that he snitched on, he's involved with the, the mob and, oh shit. And then his, and somehow the snitch wound up in the same prison. Somehow. Well, he wasn't permanently housed in at the Atlanta Penitentiary. He, he was just there on a stopping point to go somewhere else. But they, Conveniently they were t- put there. Like, here he is. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Actually, I th- uh, to be honest, I think it was an oversight. But yeah, Fair enough. I mean, shit happens. But, you know, yeah, sometimes but, stuff's very lucky in your favor. And it's like, hey, right. I know who that guy is. I remember you. They were taking him out west to, you know, just to get him away from the, the, the mob or the cartel or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it raised the question, it's like, okay, if you know that he's an informant going into the witness protection program and, and that the guy that he stitched on is in the Atlanta federal penitentiary, why not just put him in some jail? You know, stick him in solitary or something at a, at a local jail? Literally any other jail in the area any would have other been better. In the world. <laughs> but here we are and he's there. Yeah. So um and they they had put him in you know, they had put him in the same but hell, just put him in freaking solitary solitary there at at Atlanta if, at the federal pen if you want to. If you want him there for whatever reason. 
he'll get bored. He needs a roommate. I'm sure it'll be fine. So, so anyway, um, yeah, but anyway, the, the person they snitched on found out that he was there and it just doesn't make any sense to me, but he, he was murdered and Pruitt testified saying that he saw the, you know, the drug dealer do it. Okay. So he, he agreed to, to testify in exchange for his release and to be put into the witness protection program. But he's only 11 months out from being released anyway. So it's like, damn, if you just kept your mouth shut, you're almost done. You wouldn't even have to mess with the witness exchange, you know, the witness protection. Yeah, um, seriously though. Angle. So he's injected himself into this case that had absolutely nothing to do with him. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that doesn't seem like the brightest thing, but this guy does, I mean, you called him. A cut rate fucking Pee Wee Gaskin, so. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't think we should be looking for the, the smartest moves by this dude. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, upon his release, the FBI put, put him in the Federal Witness Protection Program and gave him the name Charles Pearson, and he added Sonny to it, so Charles Sonny Pearson. Okay. I'm guessing that he was a Godfather fan. Probably. So it would have been about the right time too, right? Yeah. Was it like late seventies. Yeah. yeah. Now this is, yeah, yeah. Late seventies. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that he was probably a big Godfather fan. Then that's why I'm Sonny. Oh God. This guy <laughs> fucking walking around calling himself Sonny. Like that, Mad dog Sonny. Yeah. Mad Jesus. dog Sonny. I'm mad dog Sonny. I'm mad dog Sonny. Can yep. you imagine being stuck in a fucking prison cell with this guy? Are we sure this dude didn't kill himself? Like the, <laughs> the informant just be like, man, I can't take this anymore. No, I'm we're sticking uh, my head in the toilet and finishing this. Yeah, put put a knife in that because we're going to come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I've stopped saying put a pen in that. Instead, I'm going to say put a knife in that. <laughs> just stab it. It fits better. It, it, wor- it works better for a true crime podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna come back, we're, we're gonna come back to that. So, even though his name was Charles Sonny Pearson, for the bulk of this episode, yeah, I'm just gonna refer to him as Marion Albert Pruitt. I was gonna go with Mad Dog, cause I mean, that's a great <laughs> nickname. <laughs> Fucking Mad Dog. Well, we, we can call him Mad Dog. Let's just call him Mad Dog. <laughs> hey, it's your call, man. Yeah, Mad Dog. Al, meh. Al the Mad Dog. Al the Ass Licker Mad Dog. There you go. <laughs> but, so he, he, he and his new wife who he had met on Prison Tender, you know, the, the, the pen pal thing. Uh, prison Tender. Don't give people <laughs> ideas or that will happen. <laughs> it probably already is. Happening. I guarantee it is. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but she was originally uh, Pamela Sue Barker, and she was now Michelle Lynn Pearson. And they were moved to New Mexico, and for nine months as a part of witness protection, they received $800 a month until they were self-sufficient. In New Mexico, so that's lovely. Albuquerque. Oh, God. <laughs> and he found he found work, and he also found more trouble. So, Shocker. 
in August of 1980, he was arrested for a, a, a bar brawl for a drunken disorderly and resisting arrest. Um, so he's keeping when, a low profile. Low profile, yeah. So Just going to he, a bar and starting a fucking giant fight. Yeah. Jesus. So so when he was booked, he had a, a clean record. Oh, yeah, so, because of the witness protection, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Instead of going back to prison for a parole violation, he was sentenced to six months of unsupervised probation um, over this because when they changed his name, they didn't attach it. You know, it's, yeah, it's kind of I mean, like this, this is a guy it's, with it's, a fully clean record. So why wouldn't you just give him probation? Right. He got drunk and got in a fight, whatever. Yeah, it's it's kind of like when the Cleveland Browns became the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens didn't get to keep the Browns history and and. <laughs> and and, and yeah. records and everything they they just started fresh with a clean state a clean slate. <laughs> that, that's not how it works, and I uh, some would argue that's why the Browns will be cursed forever. <laughs> <laughs> this makes a hell of a lot more sense talking about this with you, considering our episode on the yips. <laughs> I like that somehow we always end up talking about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> there are certain things that always come up. Like I mean, I hate to say it, but me and Gina mention a lot that. Bill Cosby is a free man right now. <laughs> and we don't know how it always comes up, but there it is. Somehow the Cleveland Browns, as a statement to sadness all around, always comes up. Was Bill Cosby a Cleveland Browns fan? Oh, uh, no, just, you know, he should be in jail. And uh, yeah, he's not because, honestly, the prosecutor fucked up very, very, very badly and did things they should yeah, have known just, they shouldn't have done. That whole, that whole <laughs> thing was... Bill, Bill Cosby. I mean, I, usually when stars and everything go, you know, get, find themselves in trouble, I usually just don't give a shit. But Bill Cosby, man, that hurt me. I was like, I, really? Really, Bill? Uh, come on, asshole. I come more from like, when you look into what the prosecutor, basically the prosecutor did not work in good faith when they made a deal. So they tried to renege on said deal. And you can't do that in law. You can't do that in business. You just can't do that. So, Technically, because of how badly they fucked up, that's why Bill Cosby's free right now. Because he shouldn't be. Right, but he shouldn't when be. When you fuck up that badly, you but don't just work the fact in good that, faith. Just the fact that he did that just made me lose, you know, even more. Oh, I get you, man. Humanity. He wrote fucking fatherhood, the book, right? And then it's like, oh yeah, and he was raping every woman. In I mean, and Bill Cosby himself was one of the greatest stand-up comedy routines of all time. That's really the sad thing, too, because when you hear his, it holds up, too. That's the fucking worst It does of hold it. up. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. I feel like we're defending Bill Cosby. Why did I even bring him up? This is all my fault. I apologize so much. <laughs> back well, on track. <laughs> back on track. Hashtag, but I digress. Oh, God. But, um, but that's, but, so, in New Mexico, near Albuquerque, Here we go. Albuquerque. On April of 1981, two field workers discovered a body that had been badly burned. It was a woman, and she was naked, and the body had been beaten with a hammer um, prior to being burned. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was a grisly scene. So the (sighs) they're out there, you know, out there on the New Mexico desert. Yeah, it, it's still freaking hot in April out there. Oh man, I can only imagine. Yeah, that, it, it wasn't pleasant. But the the woman had you know evidence of tattoos on her, so the police suspected that she might have been a biker. 
Well, I mean, once again, this is what early eighties. It's not yeah. like it is now. You know what I mean? Well, like, if you had a tattoo back in the eighties, you were an outlaw, right? And she had multiple tattoos as well. Oh my god, yeah, and especially as a woman, that's very much so. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was the standards were very different for body modding back in the day. Yeah, it was a good place. It was definitely a good place to start. Yeah, right. But um. Where was I? Okay. A medical alert bracelet was found nearby and was traced to a woman named Pamela Sue Barker. Her mother was located and it was confirmed that, that her husband, Charles Sonny Pearson, and, and, and she were indeed bikers and that they had recently moved to New Mexico about a year or two prior and they had joined up with a local motorcycle club and that Pearson had found work with a trucking company shortly after. Um, you know, shortly later yep. and, and then wound up also getting, you know, b- becoming part owner in it. Uh, okay. Um, he basically kept to himself and really didn't make any attempt to be close with his co workers. He pretty much just ran with the bikers and he was a short guy around five, seven and he had a, a glass eye, okay. which was the result of a childhood accident. That. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it makes sense. His name is friggin' Mad Dog. I'd be Mad shocked Dog. if he yeah. still had both his eyes at this point of life. But that other podcast that I was listening to, and for just, just to, you know, just, it, it was Muriel's Murders. I really enjoy that podcast. But tried to get them to, um, to do a, a collab with us, but, you know. Whatever, I guess we're not big enough yet. <laughs> we, we get it too. We did the one on Stuart Wilkin, which was a South African um, serial killer, and I reached out to a pretty well-known South African podcast because I thought they might have some info. And actually, the one guy, he he's an ex-profiler who had been part of the case, and I saw they gave us one lesson and never talked to us again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had... I was kind of proud of that one, honestly. <laughs> I was you know, I mean, like, say with the South African one, I'll mention that one by name because everyone should listen to it. It's called Profiler. Yeah. Just look for that. Profiler or Profiler Africa and you will find it. It's such a good one. Yeah, the Muriel's murders, they said in the podcast that and their episode on, on him. And there aren't a lot of episodes about this guy. I think there's like four or five. That's it. Nice. I love finding those cases. Yeah. So, so, but they, but they said that it happened as a result of him falling down the stairs as a kid. Okay. But I like Henry Lee Lucas's backstory about his, his fake eye. You know, it, it's better than just falling down the stairs. <laughs> him and his brother were wrestling around and they were fighting with knives and mace and that's how Henry Lee Lucas lost his eye. <laughs> I mean, it happens. Yeah, but Henry Lee Lucas was a chucklehead as well. Well, yeah, I mean, he was literally a habitual liar. Like, it's so hard to differentiate what the hell actually happened there compared to what he said. You know. Yeah, we do, we just did a two-parter on Henry Lee Lucas and Muriel's Murders, ironically enough, just wrapped up a five-part episode on Henry Lee Lucas. So much (laughs) Henry Lee Lucas. Yeah. (laughs) No, and it was good. I listened to every bit of it. So. After we did ours, obviously. I mean, it just, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, but we're not talking about Henry Lee Lucas. We're talking about Mad Dog Albert, Mad, Mad Dog Marion. Right. <laughs> AKA Sonny Charles Pearson. So, um, and yeah, he was just a scumbag. 
you know, and even even to his, even to his biker buddies and everything. One thing that he would do, I brought up the eye for a reason. One thing that he would do in bars is try to bum drinks off of people. Mm-hmm. And if somebody wouldn't buy him one, he would pull out his eye and drop it in their drink. And obviously, when they didn't want their drink anymore, he would take it and drink it. I mean, it's a power move. <laughs> it is a power move. That absolutely is. I'm just going to plop my eyeball in your drink. I'm going to see what you do about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just... I mean, are you going to hit the guy? I just only got one just, eye. I feel dude, bad just, about that. Dude, just, dude, just pulled his eye out and dropped it in my drink. I'm not going to hit him. <laughs> well, I know if I have to fight him, I just have to keep coming in and out because he's got no fucking death perception, so... <laughs> But, um, that's a, that's a good reason why it, it's better to drink from a bottle or a can when you're in a bar. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, but he, he was also a master manipulator, so he could talk other people into doing whatever the hell he wanted. He was mm-hmm. one of those guys. So two days after this corpse was discovered, you know, his wife. Yep. Um, Mad Dog went to the sheriff's office saying, you know, I heard that y'all found a body and I think that it might be my wife. Why would you think that, Mad Dog? <laughs> Is there a reason you might think that's, you know, your wife? Yeah, exactly. He, he told police that his wife had disappeared six weeks prior and that he had filed a missing persons report in a neighboring county. Uh, okay. That he says sense. that on March... Um, yeah, not the yeah. county that he lived in. No, no, no. Why over. would you do that? I'm going to travel over to the next county. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he, he said on March 2nd, they, they had had, um, a, a really big fight and she had taken off and started walking down the railroad at 2 a.m. <laughs> and sounds legit to me. That's what I always yeah. do. And police questioned him for like three hours and, um, Mad Dog had revealed that he had a criminal past as well as a secret identity. So he dared the sheriff, um, to contact the U.S. Marshals for the information, which the sheriff did. And the, the Marshals also said that the night before Pamela had disappeared, she had she had called them saying that she was afraid that um, that Mad Dog was going to kill her, and they just told her to call the local police the next morning. But she obviously never got a chance. <laughs> Holy shit! So if he does, okay, we hear you. We hear they's trying to kill you. If he doesn't give us a call tomorrow morning, <clears throat> yeah, just call the police. Call the police. But, That's fucked up. But there's <laughs> oh god. But there, there's a, yeah, there's another part of the story that's coming, which we'll get to toward the end and everything. And it, it you know, th- this case, you know, basically opened up a hornet's nest on witness protection. <laughs> so, so Al is officially a suspect and, and he was, and they held him for 72 hours, which was the longest they could le- legally hold him. Mm-hmm. But you know, they were, they were trying to, pin down, you know, like get more evidence against him because it's like this, this sheriff in, in Albuquerque, he, he knew what was up, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do though. 
Like, you got that time, you can question them, and you can look for evidence, but if you don't get a confession, if you don't get the evidence, your time runs out. You got to cut him loose. Yep. So 48 hours later, a judge ordered for him to be released because there was no evidence. And the the sheriff um, ordered a a background check and an FBI background report on Sonny, and it came back with no arrest record, which is odd considering he had been in the Atlanta penitentiary. Yeah, right. But... The sheriff kept trying to find information, and two months later, they got a break, and they tracked down a friend of um, of Mad Dog's, 24-year-old Bill Sherman, who was hesitant to talk at first, but finally the guy confessed that he saw Mad Dog's wife, um, you know, he, he, saw, he saw him kill his wife. Okay. And that he had helped dispose of the body. Ah, he said that they had been partying the, with him that, you know, together that night and the night that Barker disappeared. And, um, he, he told him to go back home and then come back later. And when he did come back, um, Mad Dog went into the bedroom with a hammer and his wife was screaming and yelling and, and Sherman went in into the room. He, he went in, never go in the room. So why did he do that? What was he thinking? What? Never go in the room. What do you think he's fucking hammering? Like Jesus Christ, dude! Don't go in the room. Don't Jesus. Don't, never, never go in the room. Never get into the camper van. And never go ne- to the second location. That's the big one, right? For me, and, yeah. And it's never a mannequin. It's never, ever, ever a fucking mannequin. Nope. It's never been a mannequin. Never. <laughs> Nope. There is never nope. It's never been a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people think it is, though. It never is. Nope. And that's how you get PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, oh, there so, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he said that there was blood everywhere, and they they carried her body to his car, and they put it in the trunk, and they took it out to the mesa where they burned it, and they left it there. So they ended up using this poor bastard's car. Yeah. Oh Jesus, man! You got sucked into it bad, like. Yeah, he did, and it, that you know, you talked about a power move with the eye. That was a power move too. I'm going to kill my wife, and I'm going to make you an accomplice. Yeah, right. Like, shit. I don't know if I would have been cool with that. That's all I'm saying. Like, Jesus no. Christ, thanks, buddy. Yeah. You said we were going to have some beer, and here you are murdering your wife and telling me we're using my car to get rid of her body. <laughs> yeah. This is not as advertised. Nope. So at that point, an arrest, uh, arrest warrant was put out on Mad Dog, but he had disappeared. Uh, but before he left town, he had stopped to see an employee of his, a woman named Alice Vick. And he told her that he had to split because the law is blaming him for the murder of his wife, which, which, you know, which really, it wouldn't have happened immediately if he hadn't walked into the police station. <laughs> what the fuck? This guy is not bright. No, it's, but it, it's it's like that meme, you know, like like how to make anything you say sound suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> I I bought this I, I bought this with legal tender money Le- that I got legally. That I got Absolutely. legally. No crime <laughs> or, involved. Yeah, and I I met up my friend who is alive and <laughs> and, and, still, and still alive. Yes, alive. I swear. And over at his house that was still standing and not burned down at the time (laughs) exactly right no i get what you're saying sometimes it's a little too much and it's like hmm 
Yeah, you know, like, or or in Mad Dog's case, it was. I'm concerned that the dead body you found could be my missing wife. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I, I don't get that one, but I also get. Uh, let's be honest, policing at this time was a whole different thing. So sometimes they'll be like, "Well, I mean, he wouldn't have come forward if he killed her." No, but this sheriff and this sher- sheriff in Albuquerque did everything that he could do. I mean, this guy, this guy was a fucking rock star for the time. That's awesome you know? to see. Like, I mean, a lot of times, you know, especially in the 70s, 80s, the policing leaves something to be desired. But it's nice to see when it actually was like, oh, man, these people yeah. took shit serious. But this guy, but this, but this sheriff in um, Albuquerque, he was he had like the, the federal system working against him, mm-hmm. you know, which is ridiculous. I mean, he did everything that he could on his own. And that's right. You know, cause, um, he's the, the witness protection. So that would be federal. I get you. Yeah. So. And the, and they're just like nope 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 nope. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. No, I see what you're saying. So, I mean, they yeah they once they identified you know once they identified this woman and all that stuff, yeah, they would have eventually showed up at his doorstep. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was his husband. That's always the first person that they question. But there's but, a difference between a husband with no criminal background and one who has one. Too, right. right, but uh, yeah, but exactly. but as far as but as far as they were concerned, he didn't have a background. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, right? but like you nailed right, it. But, no matter what happens, if a spouse dies, they're looking at that that other spouse first, or they should. Like that's right. Just statistics, but, man. Yeah, he would have been a suspect, but he could have given an alibi, and him and his friend Bill Sherman, you know, his friend Bill Sherman could have backed him up. Instead, I mean, he just shows up, and he's like, "Huh, right." And they hadn't even announced anything yet. Oh shit, that's even worse. Yeah. I just happened to hear that you found this body. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about six weeks after the actual murder took place and all of a sudden this body turns up and, and all they do is just like, yeah, I think that might be my wife who is this missing. This guy's not bright. Holy shit. <laughs> no, oh man, this guy is ultra. But these- these are my favorite cases to cover, though. Mm-hmm. They really are. <laughs> oh, no, I, I understand. I, I totally get you, because, I mean, not that long ago, we did the lemon juice face bank robber. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was just wall to wall. Like, long, how is this possible? I loved that episode. I was just, just like, my jaw was on the freaking ground the entire time. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Go it's, listen to the, what, 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 what was the guy's name? Uh, MacArthur Wheeler. Yeah, go listen to that episode on Mental Illness Theater. It was a fun one because there's one moment where the dude's trying to get a selfie with a Polaroid while his face is just (laughs) doused in lemon juice, which I can see in my head and that follows him. Don't tell him why the lemon juice. Let him go listen. (laughs) Oh, it's a great reason. There's there's no good reason at that point. What? Doesn't even matter, but yeah, no I reasons. Great, but Jesus, oh man, this Sorry. this guy and this guy and Mad Dog would have been good friends. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> okay, I've recovered. I'm good. I can breathe. Oh damn, but so um, but he swore on his mother's soul that he did not kill his wife. So he got the hell out of New Mexico, and then he went on a major crime spree. So he got away, he kind of got away with killing his wife, and then he went on the run. Right. Which is always, that doesn't look suspicious at all, when you actually do get away with something, and then instantly flee the state. (laughs) Oh good, the cops left. Bye. (laughs) But, 
Uh, like we said, the reason they had no arrest record prior was because the government wiped it as part of his involvement with witness protection. Right. And, and like I said before, witness protection took a lot of heat in the aftermath of this case. Um, yeah, but what they should do is just, you know, sure, wipe it from public record, but maybe keep a file in a locked safe somewhere on, on people that you do this with just for situations just like this. And I'm sure it was a lot harder back in the day, too, because this is pre-digitization, right? Like, we're talking old-school paper files. Well, this is true, but but what you I bet you it's the same now. That's You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) the amount of disorganization. But you have a, um, but, but still, okay, let's, let's say like somewhere in Quantico or something like that, you have a, you have a safe that's mm-hmm. locked and guarded, you know, for, for files like this. And it, it's locked and guarded by top men. Mm-hmm. But basically, basically what I was, it's like, you're basically expunging his criminal rec- record mm-hmm. or whatever. And, um, you know, and if it's not attached to the new identity, maybe somehow make it, you know, like classified, but, kept under lock and key just in case you know because these are criminals you're talking about yeah no i got you i mean you know not not all of it i mean like if i if i was a witness to like some sort of a cartel or a, a mafia crime or whatever then and i testified then obviously but i don't have a i don't have a you know, I'm not a criminal. But that's the <laughs> other thing, too, though. But he wasn't in jail for a violent crime, was he? Like, when he went to jail originally and then witnessed the crime that he ends up in, or in uh, witness protection for, what was that original crime again? Um, it, he testified against the snitch that, you know, against the, the, the person who his cellmate, who was a snitch. No, I get that. But, like, the original crime that landed him in jail... Oh, bank robbery. Yeah, so I mean, it's a big crime, but it's not a violent crime. It's not like he had killed someone, right? Like, no, he, had, he hadn't killed anybody at this point, no. Yeah, like he's, he doesn't as have far, a history as far of assaults we, and shit. No, it, other than that bar, bar brawl. But other than, well, I mean, he, he did run with a biker gang. I'm pretty sure that he yeah, had some assault enough, and stuff. Right? Yeah, and no, everything. that's true too. But, and I'm not, I know I'm not, I'm just talking about the, the bike, the biker gang that he was affiliated with as a teenager that got him into drugs and crime. Yeah. So, you know, but, but still, I mean, he hadn't committed, as far as we know, his wife was his first murder. Okay. Yeah. And I, that I couldn't find anything that, you know, if, if, if it came out that, uh, he killed three other people before he killed his wife. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I believe it, <laughs> but, yeah, well, but, there's, but, too, right? but there's nothing, but there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. I mean, under witness protection, you're more, you're more likely to get found out because you might say the wrong thing to the wrong person in your new place with your new identity. And that person, you know, might, like, like for example, you know, somebody from that Miami drug ring, you know, somebody might be in Albuquerque on business or vacation or whatever and just overhears you saying something about, you know, about that and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so they start doing their due due diligence and piecing the thing together, and um, and okay, yeah. Next thing you know, the cartel is coming from you for you, or the, oh, yeah. or the mob like they're not going to let it go. They're going to right, you know, have their feelers out. Whatever happened to that dude? So an all points bulletin was put out for Mad Dog, and he would stay hidden for months. But he killed five people. Oh, 
six if you count the guy in Atlanta, mm-hmm. which um, he later confessed to killing that guy. Yeah, he he said in interviews after he was arrested, he says, "Yeah, I killed that guy and and and, and set up the other guy so I could get out of here." Oh, so the guy in prison. Yeah, the guy in prison. I was wondering about that because I was like, yeah. "Well, well, that's he's... why I, that's why I said put a knife in that because we'd come back to it." Yeah, because I mean, he was a cellmate, and I was kind of like, "Well, how how does he get around that one?" Being like, right. "I don't know, someone else." But I I don't think that he killed that guy. I mean, he, he might have, but. But still, it, he could, he could have just been running his mouth. Like, I mean, he, he's, he's a lot like Henry Lee Lucas too. He and certainly we're gonna doesn't get to, get to seems, that. I mean, he doesn't seem smart enough to set someone up like that. You know what I mean? Like, he no, like he really he doesn't. So it it, it's possible. Rack. Yeah, it, it's possible that he did kill that guy, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not betting on it. I, I, it, it doesn't matter. He wasn't charged with it, and he's dead, so it doesn't matter. It's fifty-fifty at best, I'd say. Man. I'm with you. I right. would put money on that sucker. No, no. <laughs> so I don't. I don't think he killed that guy. I think no, he. Fuck. I think he just. I think he just found a way to weasel his way out of there eleven months before the end of his sentence was. Yeah, up, which no, was also that stupid. Whole, that whole year to do. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, this guy makes no sense whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> so, um, but if it's true that he had actually successfully carried out that mu- murder and gotten out of prison after pinning it on the mob guy, you would have think he would have stayed squeaky clean for the rest of his freaking life, not just because of the law, but because the mafia is really resourceful. And I'm sure that they, um, I'm sure that they, well, yeah, I mean, but once again, this guy's really dumb. So I, I wouldn't put it past him to think. Well, I got away with it. Fuck it. Yeah, but I got away with it once. Who's going to stop me now? Right, but I'm I'm sure that the I'm sure the mafia was looking for this chucklehead too. Um, I mean, like if if he actually, yeah, it's like okay, whether he killed whether he killed the guy, whether Mm -hmm. he killed the the informant or not, he still got their guy, you know, on a a murder charge. Yes, exactly. Either which way, they're going to be like, hey, right. But, so, like I'm saying, this guy seems so stupid. I could see him literally thinking, "Well, I got away with it, so I don't." It doesn't matter. I don't need to keep a low profile anymore. I'm in fucking Albuquerque, man. They'll never find right. me here. Yeah, <laughs> never. <laughs> People always take wrong turns at Albuquerque. Exactly right. Like no one's ever gonna find me <laughs> that here. Was, 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 it, was, it, was that a good? Was that a good Bugs Bunny? That Holy was actually shit. pretty good. Yeah, no, I would give that at Damn. least an eight out of ten, man. Seriously, nice. I've never tried. I have never tried a, a Bugs Bunny before. That's the first time I've ever tried a Bugs Bunny. No, that Bunny. was solid. That was very solid. Nice. Yeah, but nice. I mean, it's a good point. Like you know, Albuquerque is a joke from Bugs Bunny, so I can see him <laughs> thinking, "Oh, I'm in the middle of nowhere. You know, the mom's not here. They're not going to find me. I can do whatever I want." And just being that oblivious to it, because this guy's a fucking chucklehead. <laughs> so um but you know but this 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 guy you know it he on his rampage he actually brought his given nickname that he gave himself as a teenager he he actually brought it to life mad dog he went mad dog yeah oh, and i uh, and you you can't give your yourself your own nickname it's no, it's very rare. And usually if it sticks, it's because it's a bad one. 
Yeah. Well, Mad Dog, I mean, if some, if somebody had given him the name Mad Dog, that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, it's, it's, it's not like, it's like yeah, I'm, I'm Mad Dog. Cause I like Greek Mad Dog. No, somebody's gotta give you the, you, you don't come up with your own nickname. No, I'm literally trying to think of like any sports person I can think of who gave themselves their own nickname. I can't. And that's, yeah, same. Every well, nickname it, it, I think was Gavin. As far as the, the, like the, you know, like the nick, the, the CB handles and stuff like that, you're usually given your CB handle by other truck drivers. Oh shit, I didn't know that. I always thought that I would, uh, well, Guess some people, well, yeah. CB handles aren't really used anymore, mm-hmm. but back in, but back in the day, you know, back in, you know, back in the golden age of trucking yeah. and all that stuff, I mean, you know, it's just like you would talk and everything and you'd start, you know, finding people and eventually somebody would like, oh, I like you. I'm going to call you Mad Dog. Interesting. So I always thought I would have been totally wrong. So I would have guessed that, you know, you picked your own CB handle. So look well, at you learning. can, you can, you can. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not like, it's not like this where somebody's going to rag on you if you come up with your, your own. But, <laughs> Which we're doing right now. Cause yeah, it's right. just not a good but, idea. Well, I had a student one time. I had a student one time when I was um, working for, you know, when I was a, a trainer mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you, the, the curtain that you pull, you know, that, that's, just, that's just like, um, you know, it, it will, it, it could be like hot as hell in the sleeper and mm-hmm. just normal and the regular and the, and, and the front of the truck and everything. And that, that curtain separates, separates it and everything. I, I had the suit and, and he just liked it roasting. <laughs> and, and one time, once, one time I, um, he had it like 90 something degrees oh, in the Christ. sleeper. And when it was time to when it was time to to switch, I pulled the thing off and I just got hit like bam. Mm-hmm. And and he's just like he he was just like I I want to I want to you know I want a, a CB handle. I'm like you you want a CB handle? Yeah, your CB your CB handle is heat wave. Yeah, that that's perfect. <laughs> and. Anyway, you, you you just can't give yourself your own nickname. It's like like a freaking BTK, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you would be shocked how much me and Gina, my wife, make fun of BTK and his nickname array that he sent to the press. Uh, they need to call random. me the Wichita Hangman. <laughs> the Wichita Hangman. Fucking, yeah, you're the, such a goon. My favorite one was the Garot Phantom. Oh God, man! I don't even think I knew that one. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus! Degrad Phantom. Oh, and I don't know if I said this in um, another episode, but I'm going to say it now. But I I don't know if I said this in the original recording yeah. of this. But have you seen the Terrifier movies? Nope. Okay. Well, it's this killer clown dude. Oh God. And, um, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're basically just freaking gore porn is all they are. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I watched, I watched the entire franchise one weekend cause I was bored. I was just like, okay, well, this is the, this is a new like multi part one, like, you know, like yep. Friday the 13th or Halloween or whatever. I get you. So I watched it and I, I'm, I'm not, I, I, <clears throat> I won't be watching Terrifier 3. When it comes out, let's just say, but um, but there's a scene in in Terrifier Two where he's in the the home of a victim, 
Mm-hmm. And he goes into the kitchen and he pours himself a glass of water and he drinks it. That's a freaking BTK reference right there. Well, yeah, doesn't he also at one point eat cereal at the house of one of his victims because he's a serial killer? Yeah, he, no, no, that, that was a, that was, he left a cereal box and, um, with, you know, in, in the back of a, a pickup truck at Home Depot. Fucking human dickhole. Like, man, I but hate he was, DTK so But he was just like, but, but he was, he was like in the, it's like in court, he was just like, yeah, I would drink a glass of water. That was kind of my thing. But, you know, just to put that much emphasis on Terrifier going into the kitchen and pouring a glass of water and drinking it. Yeah. Like that was a BTK nod right there. <laughs> but anyway, hashtag, but I digress. <laughs> so now, um, Mad Dog's on the run and September 17th and 1981, he walked into the, um, the, the, Uni Savings and Loans Bank in Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. He was wearing a three-piece suit and a wig. <laughs> so I'm imagining like Leatherface going out on a town dressed up in a three-piece suit. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it just kind of popped into my head. I'm just imagining but, a really bad 80s wig with a really bad polyester suit. Mm-hmm. Herb Tarlett from WKRP for some reason. Actually, 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 no, I'm picturing it's, it's in the eighties. It's in the early eighties, but I'm picturing like a early seventies disco era suit. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, he told the tellers that they were being robbed and he handed one of the tellers a a bag and told her to fill it with money. And they told him that they didn't have the, the large amount of money on hand. Mm-hmm. The rest was locked in a safe, which of course they didn't have the key to, which is standard operating procedure during bank robberies. Yes. So, so Mad Dog said, just, just give me what you got on hand and just give me what you got on hand. I'll take it because I'm Mad Dog. Yeah. Whatever you got, just empty the till, give it to me. Let's do this. Cause I'm Mad Dog. Yeah. Well, I'm robbing this place, so I'm getting something. Um, yep. I'm getting some. Mad dog. <laughs> but, uh, but, okay, but, so he, he got some money, he got about seven grand, and he booked out of there and he also taken a hostage. Oh, shit. A 43 year old loan officer named Peggy Bow. Now, this part is heartbreaking. I didn't um, imagine once he took a hostage that this ends well because he's fucking mad dog. He's not going to be nice to this hostage. No, but but still, hold on, break out the tissues. Oh, fuck, <laughs> not not literally, but th- this this part kind of tugged at my heartstrings a little bit when I you know when I was doing. It. Al had or Al, um, mad dog had initially had his sight set on another woman for a hostage, but this woman panicked and started freaking out. So Peggy told Mad Dog to take her instead. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, that that just that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, absolutely. I mean, I mean, she she's a freaking hero, you know. And if there's and if there's a heaven, she's there. But still, yeah, you know, she's like, okay, just just take me, you know, leave her, take me instead, you know, just thinking, you know, just. Uh, I'll get out of this fine. 
Eh, probably not. I'm assuming not, seeing how the story goes. Nah. But law enforcement and the media swarmed the scene, and Peggy's car, you know, was still there. Mm-hmm. It was still in the parking lot, but she wasn't. So a statewide manhunt was put out to be on the lookout for Peggy and a man, and her picture was plastered all over the news. But they were nowhere to be found, but they had released a composite sketch of Al, or of Al. Mad Dog. Mad Dog. And, and, well, he is an ass lick. Well, I mean, when you're taking hostages from a, basically, a bank robber you've gotten away with, yeah, you're being a dick about it. You're just being an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not like it's a busted bank robbery where the police show up and all of a sudden, right. oh, well, now I need hostages. You were just like, eh, I got seven grand. I might as well take someone with me. Like, you're, yeah. you're an asshole. Fuck you. But they they released a cons- cons- a, com- a, com- a composite. They're, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> of, of him, of him, you know, the, of Mad Dog. But yeah, in calling him Al, I mean, you know, they, they, they did kind of release the com- composite sketch of him, but, yeah, but, but he was holding a number four up in the composite sketch because apparently he had caught four touchdowns in a high school football game and a championship game. Oh, fuck. Isn't that, oh, wait, that Yeah, no, I get oh, where you're going there. I'm that, old that, enough to know that reference. <laughs> that was, that was Al Bundy. Yeah, that was Polk County High, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember married with children. <laughs> Ironically enough, I live in Polk County, Florida. There you go. <laughs> but um, but anyway, but the, the it was a it was a good drawing, but it, it was one of those drawings that could have literally been anyone anybody. Yeah. Is this guy like just one of those random looking dudes too, or is he particular? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he, you know. yeah, he, he he looks like a freaking biker. He's covered with tattoos and stuff like that. But but still, it's just like the like the um the the composite that they came up with, Ted Bundy. That was spot on. Yeah. Um, him. I've seen I've seen the picture of it. It just, I mean, it literally could have been anybody. Well, that's helpful. You know, it's, it's a dude. Yeah, you know that. But I mean, hey. Maybe, you know, I mean, it, 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 it was a good picture. I mean, it, it looks like him, but there's nothing discernible about it. What mm-hmm. they should have done, what they should have done is released like, well, no, that, that's not going to work because he didn't have a criminal record. Right. What I was going to, what I was going to say is he, they should have released his tattoos like they did with Joseph Paul Franklin. Uh, okay. Yeah, especially at this time, right? Like, there are so few people with tattoos, it's not nearly like it is now. Right. Joseph Paul Franklin was brought in, you know, his tattoos were his undoing. (laughs) I find it interesting. I know a dude, and he is the complete opposite of Franklin. But, man, he is a dead ringer for him. Like, if I work with a guy... Yeah, I work with a guy that looks like Joseph Paul Franklin. I really do. Right? Like... Every time I every time I see him, I'm just like I'm thinking to myself. I, I don't even remember what his name is. His name in my head is Joe, uh, <laughs> and his name might be Joe for all I know. <laughs> it I, is now. So sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry Joe, if you're listening. <laughs> but 
Now everybody that I work with that listens to this is going to be like Googling Joseph Paul Franklin's picture. <laughs> uh, personally, I relate everyone I work with to serial killers, so, you know, it's just a thing I do. <laughs> Our episode on him was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love that one. Well, I didn't love it. I don't love any of them, but so that was, that was a good yeah. one. <laughs> it's rare to have one where it was like, man, that was really fun. Yeah. Oh, I just love that so much. <laughs> I just love talking about serial killers so much. No, no, that, that dude killed the, a lot of people. God damn. The whole point, the whole, the whole point of, of doing this podcast is to ridicule these assholes, to make fun of them. Well, I mean, you, you know? did warn Jeff, so. <laughs> hey, did you listen to him? No, no, actually, I didn't. I was like, you know what? I can't fucking. Dude, it was another one. Like, it was just like, this is, this is too we, much. We, we made him our bitch. Uh, he's, he's <laughs> the worst. We, we even tied freaking, we even tied Ron Dominique into it. Oh, Jesus Christ, good old Ron. <laughs> we did. <laughs> just, you, you should listen to them. It's, it's not your typical Warren Jeffs episode. It's, you know, we, did, we outdid ourselves on those. We really did. Mm. I mean, if he, it's, it's probably the first podcast that, yeah, you know, the first podcast on Warren Jeffs that people could listen to and be laughing their ass off the entire way through. Yeah, fair because we were we were relentless on him. Yeah. <laughs> and he deserved it. Oh man, there's a lot to work with. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> as far as two parters go, that's our best one, I think. <laughs> Hashtag, but I digress. <laughs> so, uh, so they, they started, um, you know, the, 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 they, they put out the, the composite picture, right. but, um, they also uh, judged his height to be around five, six or five, seven. Okay. And, and the fact that he also, Walked with a limp, which I neglected to mention at the beginning of the episode. So he's a little guy, looks like a biker, and has a limp. That shouldn't be too yeah. hard to find him. No, but but they included all of that in the press release, and then tips started coming in from Tallahassee, Florida, all the way to Seattle, Washington. It's still a little vague, yeah, short biker-looking dude with a limp isn't, you know, that specific when you think about it. Fair enough. But... But lots of jurisdictions along that route between Tallahassee and Seattle had reported a recent bank robbery by a man matching that description. And even though Al had had his federal record wiped, he was fingerprinted when he was briefly jailed in New Mexico. Oh, okay. Like I said, rock star sheriff. Yeah, right. So there's a record. I get you. Right. So now, now he's on, now he's on record. Mm-hmm. But as it, as it turned out, Al, or Al, I keep calling him Al, Mad Dog had hit every single one of those locations. Ah, so he went on a little road trip, did he? He went on a big road trip. These weren't, these weren't false, false tips. So, um, you know, he, he had left fingerprints, but Peggy was, but Peggy Lowe was still missing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in October 12th of 1981 in Fort Smith, Arkansas, uh, Mad Dog, Burst into a convenience store and abducted cashier Bobby 
Bobby Jean Robinson at gunpoint, and her body was discovered shot to death in the nearby in woods nearby. So did he even rob this place, or did he just burst in and grab her? No, he 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 robbed it. Okay, I mean. You know, he he had gotten a he had he had gotten one hundred and sixty three dollars from that Seven Eleven. Wow, totally worth it. You you nailed yeah. it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so it seems like this is more about the abduction than the actual. Because you know what I mean. Like if he's robbing banks the whole way, to kind of sidetrack no. the convenience store and take another hostage, which it also seems like he's not doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but I'm, I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead mm-hmm. just a little bit. You know, he says in interviews and everything because he he loved the camera, he loved the publicity that he got. Um, but he said that it was because he had a four thousand dollar a day cook um, cocaine habit. <laughs> but <laughs> edit, it was four thousand dollars a week, not four thousand dollars a day. But still, I have questions about that, which we'll get to later. But I'm, but that that that's how he just that's how he justified it. Are so, we going to do cocaine economics? <laughs> Actually, yeah, and yeah, I, 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 I'm ha- excited. I have that, I have that coming. I have that coming. I am excited yeah. to do some cocaine economics with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's coming. No, but good. but but still, but that that's one of the things that he justified this four thousand dollar a day cocaine habit that okay. he had. Which, like I said, I have questions about. Yeah, that's a we'll lot of cocaine. And just yeah. So four days later, in Loveland, Colorado, um, the police responded to an early morning shooting at a Seven Eleven. The victim was still alive when he got there, and it was 21-year-old Anthony Tate who had been shot four times at point-blank range. And he, you know, he 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 died at the hospital. Shit. Um, and then 13 miles away in Fort Collins, Colorado, another 7-Eleven had been robbed, and the 24 and 24-year-old James Balderson had been shot. Hmm. So now he's just robbing and shooting. Yeah. So Colorado put out an APB and the FBI immediately responded as because they had been watching for suspicious robberies. Mm-hmm. And by that time, Mad Dog had been linked to due to fingerprints to the Mississippi bank robbery and kidnapping. And then, and then two days and then two days later, a speeding Cadillac was pulled over in Amarillo, Texas. Um, a thirty-eight revolver. And actual Seven Eleven receipts from Colorado were found in the car. Like he, like, <laughs> he kept a fucking receipt. He he bought something from the place that he robbed. Oh, Jesus Christ! And he kept the receipt. And he kept the receipt. Well, maybe you needed gas. Fair enough. Well, because, you can write you, it off you, in you, your fucking taxes, like dude. But you, you don't but you you have to you have to prepay for gas though. So maybe he had to you prepay for the gas and in nineteen eighty one. Well, that's tr- yeah. Good point. They, yeah, good point. Yeah, like in I the eighties. In the eighties, you could just yeah. In the eighties, you could just drive up to it, you know, pop it in there, do it, then yeah, go in man. there and pay. He was like keeping receipts for his taxes or some shit. Like, oh, gotta keep that. <laughs> My accountant will yeah. be so happy when these are all in order. Gonna get a big yeah. return this year. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> fuck, man, this guy. I don't think he's like very he, bright. I think is what it keeps coming uh, down to. Yeah. So he buys a pack. He buys a pack of smokes and beer, but but 
maybe the gas is way too expensive. Wow. <laughs> Wait a couple years, buddy. Ah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the driver, of course, was Mary and Albert Pruitt. Um, and, and the, the victim's family, you know, cause by this time, the, the whole thing about the, um, the witness protection had come out. Yeah, okay. So, um, you know, because his story is front page news at this point. So, um, so, yeah, they, the, the fact that he had, he'd been given a, a new identity by the FBI when he was a convicted bank robber. Mm-hmm. And the, that New Mexico sheriff. Yep. He even chimed in. It's like, look, I had this guy. Had I had I him. Known, yeah, had I known his previous record, you guys would, wouldn't. You guys wouldn't. That. Fuck. You guys wouldn't help me. We knew that he had done something, and when he said that he was there, like, yeah, so yeah, we we had him. But you would. But nothing. Nothing. You wouldn't give us any help. So he 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 could have, you know. See, I still wonder after, though where he had no violent crimes before. If still, even if they knew about his past, is that still enough? Well, you got to figure he was 21 when he got locked up for the um, bank robbery. Mm-hmm. But anything after, you know, there's there's like a little bit of time in between 18 and 21. But still, anything that happened prior to, to 18 gets expunged. Uh, fair enough, too. So yeah, I get what you're saying. There's only like a three year window there. Right. And he could have, he could have laid low or just done menial shit or, or even big shit that he didn't get caught for. But still. Fair enough. But what I'm saying is still with no actual physical evidence and no previous record of violent crime. Yeah, but they, but. Nothing was attached to this new identity. Yeah, see, they, exactly. Given. It's just a void. Like it's right. just, it's just like, man, there's nothing there. Right. So, um, yeah, the 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 sheriff could have locked up. You know, could have locked Mad Dog up. Any which way, he would have had better information wife. to work with. Right. Yes. And they and and these four other people would still be alive, but. Peggy Lowe is still missing at this point, but we're going to find out what happened to her. Mm-hmm. But Pruitt was ex, uh, Mad Dog was extradited back to Mississippi because of the bank robbery, because the, the, the bank robbery, you know, because of the bank robbery and, and the kidnapping. Both mm-hmm. of those are two federal charges. I get you. And, and the fact that Peggy Lowe was still missing. Yes. Two weeks later, Mad Dog had confessed to killing Peggy. Um, I'm assuming it he, wasn't he, pretty. No, he he had driven Peggy to the Alabama state line and he shot her in the head, execution style, and dumped her body. Oh. Yeah, he had, he had made her strip and kneel and then just basically shot her in the head. Yeah, and and he took the he took the police to the 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 body mm-hmm. and it was obviously decomposing because it had been like a month. In so. Alabama, too, or on the border where it's not going to be. Yeah. 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 It's so. another frozen wasteland of Canada where you can go out to your trash and be frozen in a snowbank for fucking six months. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is summertime in Alabama. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not going to take long for a body to get foul. But after leading police to Peggy's body, he said, I'm hungry. Can we go get some breakfast? 
Jesus fucking Christ, this asshole, I hate him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cops, cops love that. <laughs> they just love that. Right, oh yeah, man. Let's go get some bacon. I'm hungry. I mean, they, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you fucking, you got I could, me. You I could make a cannibal me. joke here, but that's just a I bad taste. I haven't got, I haven't got you yet, but you just got me mm-hmm. on my own fucking show. <laughs> but I mean, you oh, just man. derailed me, and I haven't gotten you yet. <laughs> I'll get you back on track, because here's what I don't understand about this whole thing. Why did he take her hostage in the first place? It wasn't like he was using her as, like, a a chip a labor. A shield like, or anything like that. Right, yeah. like, oh, the police are coming at me. I can make sure I can use this hostage so they don't kill me. Right? Like, that I right. get. He just fucking drove her to he the He just state. wanted to kill her. What the fuck? What? This guy's not very bright. No. But yeah, cops cops just love a good sense of, sense of humor in situations like that. Oh, they never <laughs> like a good sense of humor, and I have learned that <laughs> firsthand so many oh, times. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, a quick but, sidetrack. This, <laughs> this was good because I was a teenager, and it was a cop I knew from. Like I used to play hockey as a kid. This guy had been my coach, so I see him as my hockey coach. He's actually a police officer, and he rolls up one day. We didn't see him coming. We had just smoked all the weed we had, and he caught me with a roach, and he starts telling me, I swear to God, the exact quote was, I got a real hate-on for dopers. A hate-on? A hate-on for dopers. A hate-on? A hate-on. I am 16 at the time. We had just smoked all our weed. This guy is my hockey coach, and that struck me as the funniest thing I had ever fucking heard. And I start I hate holding, on. I hate on for dopers, and I start That's laughing in his face. And uh, he gets really pissed off, and then he says, once again, direct quote: "You pissed in the wrong guy's cornflakes." And I'm nearly... (laughs) I've heard that one before. And I I know, but I'm nearly pissing myself because I cannot take this man seriously. And then the worst, I keep calling him by his first name, Doug. And he keeps saying it's Constable so-and-so. I won't say his last name. And man, he almost arrested me over a roach because literally I could not stop laughing at him. Because the dude was comedy fucking gold. So that's my long way of saying, no, please don't like it when you laugh at them. No, they don't. I was being, I was being facetious when I said that. <laughs> no, I like, but, I, I, everyone should know that, but you know, just don't, yeah. just, no matter how you feel about the police, don't laugh at them because they're going to fucking, no. <laughs> oh man, it's going to get bad fast. Yeah, it, not, that, it, it's like these sovereign citizen fucks that on these videos that they take when they're getting pulled up. I don't have to do anything you're saying because I'm a sovereign citizen. And they sound like flat earthers. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, like, you know, at that point just go along with it. You know, just like, I mean. It's just like, it's like, just like so. Uh, I've seen videos where it's just like, okay, the guy was pulled over for a routine speeding ticket or something mm-hmm. like that, and he's just like, I don't have to open the. He, he would have just, he might have even gotten away with a warning, but he's nope. I don't recognize your authority. I am a sovereign citizen. Blah blah blah. Now you're oh, going yeah. to jail, you fucking moron, because you were going, because you were going, um, because you were going fifty one. Mm-hmm. In a 40. There's a time and a place, and there's just a not a time <laughs> and a place, because, I mean, not to get us completely sidetracked, but that reminds me of another story from when I was young. We got busted underage for drinking in public, and this cop was actually half-decent. He just poured our liquor out and let us go. No fines. Right. I have I've, I've no friends that has happened to that right? before. So I mean, that's- if, if you're cool, if you're cool to the cops, 
if you're, I mean, one t- one time I got pulled over. Mm-hmm. One time I got pulled over. I was do I was doing like thirty miles over the speed limit. Yeah, but I had to take a fucking piss, <laughs> and the the cops was like. Well, he, you know, and he actually had his hand on his gun because he thought that I was doing something. He's like, um, license registration. Why the hell are you going so fast? Honestly, officer, I really got to take a piss. I'm creating and, a puddle under myself right now. Yeah, it's like, like I, I'm about to freaking pop. And, and he's just like, oh, all right, go over there in the bushes. Go over there in the bushes. Mm. And, um, so I, I go and I relieve myself and he could have gotten me for indecent exposure, but he didn't. Yeah, right. But, um, but, but still, I, I, I just, so finally I thought, oh, God. And he could tell that I was telling the truth. So instead of giving me a reckless driving for 30 miles over the speed limit, which he could have taken me to jail for, mm-hmm. um, he, he gave me a, a ticket for driving 10 miles over the speed limit. Yeah, right. You know, and I, it's just be cool to the cops and they're, it, it will go better for you. That's the. Yeah, unless you get a true <laughs> fucking prick and then, you know, all the bets are off because the. Right. You know. But yeah, 90% of the time, you're not going to get that, you know. No, but I was, I was about to freaking pop and I was going down like a, a long road where there was nothing there and I just didn't want to stop and pull over to the side of the road because I didn't want a cop to pull me up, see me pissing on the side of the road, give me an indecent exposure charge. So, I mean, this one's this one might be a little sexist, but it was my friend, and he did this. Not to get completely sidetracked, but once again, me and uh, two friends were drinking, and uh, these guys were wild. And the police got called to this place we were at, and uh, basically, my one very drunk friend looked at this female cop who was wearing like the vest, oh boy, and said very <laughs> drunkenly, "I bet under that vest you got great tits." And the cop, to her credit, looked at me and my friend and. She said, you take care of your friend or I'm taking care of all three of you. Oh! <laughs> and we were like, thank you so much, ma'am. We will get him the fuck out of here. You will never see us again because, man, I'm surprised you're not just billy clubbing him, pepper spraying us. And like, holy shit. It was bad. It was fucking bad. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes, you know, cops are cool about stuff because, you know, that could have turned out very badly for us. Should have, really. Yeah, but... Anyway. Um, I mean, an- another time, an- uh, this, this is just really quick. Another time I got, um, I was speeding. When, this, when I was like, I had my license suspended several times when I was like in my, you know, late teens, early twenties. Yeah. But, um, yeah, one time, and I had a, I had a, I had a Cougar XR7 with a 5.0, with a 302 in it. And that, yeah, that, that car would haul ass. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> but I, um, one time I got pulled over, cop walks up. Any idea why I pulled you over? I said, probably for speeding. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's like, yep. I got the, I got the, you know, he, I didn't get a discount on the ticket for doing that, but, but still. <laughs> Just I mean, being like, yeah, no, I know. This was another situation where, um, I could have wound up going to jail because of, you know, but, but, now I drive like a grandpa because oh, you know, during 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 that time, I drove on a suspended license and got caught for it a couple times. But you know, went to jail, everything. But anyway, let's get back to the story. <laughs> Hashtag. But I digress. But later that day, Mad Dog was interviewed by a couple reporters where he said, "You know, I'm Mad Dog Killer," and he had, he admitted to all of his killing. Oh, fuck, man. 
<laughs> he admitted to all of his killings, and he and he also said that the the bank robberies were to to feed, like I said before, his four thousand dollar a week cocaine habit. Well, what are you going to do? Well, <laughs> right. Remember, I told you I had doubts. That, like that's a lot of money to shove up your nose. So you know, I guess you're going to rob <laughs> banks or be a. I don't even know. Shit, that's so much. Okay, he said that. He had a $4,000 a week cocaine habit, and that was back in the early 80s. That's probably about 20 grand now, give or take. Okay. You know, he did not have a $4,000 a week cocaine habit. Well, I'm going to do a little quick cocaine math here. Okay, while you're doing that, just think about, just think about, just, just chew on this. Mm -hmm. He, if he did, now he's in jail. Or, or, you know, he's in jail at this point. He hasn't gone to prison yet, but he's in jail at this point. And if he's in jail, you're going to notice not the fact that he's not getting cocaine because he's going to be going fucking ape shit. Exactly. He'd be having serious withdrawal. He'd be sweating. He'd be shaking. He wouldn't even be able to talk. He wouldn't even be able to put together a co- coherent thought. I mean, he might have been on coke, you know. But there's no way he had a $4,000 a week cocaine habit. Well, I'm just doing a little quick math. Because from my understanding, I don't dabble with cocaine whatsoever. But back in the day, you were looking at about 80 bucks a gram. So if you do that math with no deals or anything, that's about 50 grams a week that he's going through. That could kill an elephant. If you break that down to the day, that's over seven grams a day. Now, if you know cocaine at all, you know a lot of times they'll talk about eight balls. Well, I just watched Cocaine Bear last night. Right, so an eight ball is an eighth (laughs) of an ounce of cocaine. So that's 3.5 grams. That's still a hell of a lot of coke. My point is, we get to go back to baseball for a sec. Because there was a baseball player at this exact time in the early 80s who overdosed by doing one eight ball in one day. This is a prime athlete. Like, you know, he doesn't have a system. Prime physical shape. Exactly. And he was on the floor in convulsions, nose bleeding, knowing I'm going to die if I do any more of this. So I right. doubt he's doing fucking four grand worth of coke every day if that's no. what happens. to And the guy's name was Lonnie Smith. If you want a really good story, check out Lonnie Smith. But I couldn't imagine he's doing that much coke. No. So that, 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 that's, what, that's what I was saying earlier. It's just like I have questions. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Like maybe he was doing some, but I mean, I can't see him doing. That's a Herculean amount of cocaine to put in your body. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Right, like you're going off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I've, I've seen the interviews that he did and everything. He knows exactly where he is. He knows exactly what he's doing. You know, it, does he sound like an idiot? Yes. But does he sound he, like a guy who's now not doing seven grams of coke every day after having no, gotten used to it? No, he doesn't. He <laughs> sounds, he sounds, he's, like you said, he's the wish version of Pee Wee Gaskins. So here he is. So, so then he blamed the government for his crime saying that he held a grudge against them from his first brush of, of 
you know, with them as a teenager. I think you got yeah. your break when you got the uh, witness protection, which, you know, like we said, left the Yeah, he got a break then. There. Like, yeah, yeah, you got your do-over there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Fuck. You got his reset button. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I, I, would, I would probably kill somebody for an actual reset button that would reset me back to when I was 15 years old. Uh, I don't know. I'm doing all right. I don't know. Only if I could, only if I could retain the knowledge that I have to this point in my life, and to carry that back with me to fifteen years old. Fifteen is when I found acid, so I don't know. It's <laughs> a rough time to be going back for me because the next actually, few years. I've were... actually, I've actually been good. You know, it's just like I, 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 I drink beer, and I, you know, I, I used to smoke cigarettes, but now I just vape. That's literally all I've done in my life, except for about a year. I did pills when I was in my when I was like twenty to twenty one. Yeah, no, I did. But I've 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 like literally I've, I've smoked pot seven times in my entire life. I smoke a <laughs> lot of weed. I don't drink whatsoever, and honestly, a lot of people think I'm bragging when I say this, but it's not even. It's, this explains a lot, but the amount of LSD I took when I was a teenager. And then later, because honestly, I did a hell of a lot between like 15 to 18, and then I took a long break until my late 30s, and then I found a dude who had some, and then I started doing some again. So, you know, it still happens every now and then, but yeah, it, it's a ridiculous amount. We don't even want to talk about individual hits. Right. So, so yeah, he, he blamed the government, and, but yeah, it, it's just... It's not going to work. Maybe that's that's weak. Maybe just don't commit crimes. You know, and 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 he's a white guy. Well, the government made me do it. It's just I'm uh, not even I'm not even being facetious when I say that he's a white guy. Cops aren't going to mess with a white guy for no fucking reason just to mess with him, right? But yeah, no, I mean, I mean, like you said, he if he was a black, if he was a black guy. If he was a black guy, I can see it because, you know, happen, it does happen to them, unfortunately. But he's a white guy, white trash. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, yeah. I'm still stuck on, he got his reset, so what's he, what's he whining about? Yeah, like, he, he got his, he got his reset button and he, and he, you thoroughly know, fucked it up. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, like I was saying before. It's just like, okay, you, you've got to, you need to be squeaky clean for the rest of your damn life. Yeah, and instantly he goes and starts fucking around in every way possible. So, yeah, like, yeah. I'm with you. You should have kept it squeaky clean. You would have been fine. But no, you're a massive douche, and this is where you ended up. But he also provided insight on why he targeted the savings and loans banks. He said, and this is, this is, this is bad dog logic. Oh, oh. He, he said, <laughs> he said that 90, and he said this in an interview, you can find these interviews on YouTube. Uh-oh. He said that 95% of them were run by females. It's like, yeah, okay, how would you even, how would you even get that statistic? Number one, but I think he made it up. Yeah, but how, how would, you know, did he just go through all of the, the the research on on all of these savings and loans banks just to come up with that information? They're run by females. I I'm gonna say something extremely racist here, <laughs> but I'm surprised with this man. Well, well he's a white guy. Stupid he is <laughs> that he didn't go with the classic. 
the banks are run by Jews. You know what I mean? At least he came up with something fucking creative. It's yeah. wrong, but... But Mad Dog, Mad Dog was a lot of things, but one thing that he wasn't was sexist. And you know why? He targeted those female-run banks because women had more common sense than men and were less likely to try to be a hero. I mean, I've never robbed a place, so maybe with experience he knows this. I don't know. I mean, you know, See, I know, mama. I know 100% in any situation like that. I'm a coward, so I'm no person to judge by. Oh, I don't know how I would react in that situation because I've never been in that situation, but. I know myself well enough to know I would shit my pants and basically dive in. <laughs> but, yeah, but he, yeah, it. He also blamed the New Mexico sheriff for, you know, yes, yelling to the press and everything. If, so yeah, it's he, your he, fault. What a fuck. No, he, no, he, he, the, the sheriff broadcasted his protectors with his protected with, fuck, his protected witness status. He yeah. did, you know, so he, he just wanted to rob the banks and embarrass anybody. Just embarrass the government. Oh man. Yeah. Well. He embarrassed someone. <laughs> he then said that he let the police in Amarillo catch him. Mm-hmm. He, he, he said, you know, that's why I was speeding. I, I wanted to get caught. Obviously. He, he then claimed that he wanted the death penalty. And he was charged with five counts of murder, you know, through the... You know, through the various states and everything. After all of this grandstanding, he pled not guilty... And said that he wanted to represent himself. Oh, awesome. Fucking do it. Let him do it. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love ben Franklin, I think it was, said that somebody who... Defends themselves has a fool for a client. Oh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. But he... But then, after pleading not guilty, he took the stand at admitting to killing Peggy Lowe. This guy's not very bright. <laughs> just over and over, no matter how you like frame it, this guy's just wow. Damn! So he just gets on the stand and is like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm innocent, but I did it." Yeah, but the drugs made him do it. And it, it was basically everybody else's fault that he, that he had committed the crime. Mm-hmm. It might have been my fault. It might have even been your your fault, Mark. It was the drugs. It was the sheriff. It was the federal government. It was literally everyone but me who killed those people as I killed those people. You know what? To be honest with you, Mark, it was your cat's fault. I mean, they are. We got two, <laughs> and they're pretty wild. I, I wouldn't trust yeah, them. It, it, they might yep, do they, something. They, yeah, they, it was it was your cat's fault. They they made they made him do this back in the eighties. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My two year old cat, especially, she was definitely down yeah. for it. Yeah, but um, but the the jury took three hours to deliberate and found him guilty. Mm-hmm. And the the judge read the death sentence, and this this punk who was such a 
badass demanding the death penalty, he started shaking and having a panic attack. And this was in Mississippi, you guys that Mississippi. Nice. Because yeah. I was going to ask that with the death penalty. Like, is this one of the states that has it but doesn't use it? Or is it like Mississippi? <laughs> oh, but but it was Arkansas that put him down, though. Oh, nice. But, um, but the... So... <laughs> He was hoping to, you know, to trying to do a little bit of reverse psychology. It's like, well, if I say I want the death penalty, then they're just going to – that they, they won't give it to me. Yeah, they won't give me what I want. Yeah, well, that can <laughs> that can work with some people but not somebody like with, you know, some, not, not, not Mad Dog. You ain't getting away with this Mad Dog. It's one thing. Okay. We, we talked about this guy recently. It's one thing if you're Carol Pan's room and you're like, kill me, I don't give a shit, fucking hang me. You hang me as much as you want. You're never going to get rid Yeah, but when Mississippi, when in Mississippi, when they read the death penalty, you're like, oh my God, no. Exactly. So it's pretty obvious. I'm sure when he was saying, yeah, give me the death penalty, it was like, man, you are just posturing. Yeah, that's all he was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Now, if if you name yourself Mad Dog and you say what well, you want the death penalty, you're gonna get the death penalty, and then you're gonna so, cry about it, which is the best yeah. part. So, at Arkansas, at the trial for Bobby Jean Robinson's murder, um, he also got the death penalty. In Colorado, he got two life sentences for killing the the two Seven Eleven clerks, Anthony Tate and James Balderson. Yep. Um, he's he, in 1983. He stood trial in New Mexico for his wife murder where he swore up and down that he didn't commit that one and he and he whined he actually whined because he wasn't getting a a change of venue because he was such a famous character like it fucking matters <laughs> you're already convicted of what four murders there five oh yeah no not this one i didn't do this one yeah like nothing this man has done from the start makes sense this guy's the most <laughs> useless fucking criminal like Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so the media had a field day with the fact that a protected witness had gone on to become a serial killer. And, and he was even interviewed on Geraldo Rivera. Oh, show. nice. The mustache. Yeah. In 1999, he gave an interview to a Swedish documentary crew who were making, you know, they were making a documentary about uh, Last Meals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's how this all started, right? Like, this is how you ran into this asshole. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah. (sighs) When I got to that part in the research, I was just like, oh, boy, we've not gone full circle. <laughs> this documentary crew from Sweden, they were trying to tie in the, the killer's last meal. Um, you know, it, it, they were, they were talking about it and Mad Dog, I forgot to mention while he was in prison, he found God. Well, of course he did. <laughs> they all find God. Every fucking time. But so he's, he, He's just like, are y'all trying to tie in my last meal with the last meal of Jesus Christ? Oh, Mad Dog. Mad Dog. 
Jesus Christ. Nothing you Jesus do makes Christ sense. Didn't, Jesus Christ didn't kill anybody. No. His, That's kind of one of the big ones. That's like the first one. Don't fucking kill people. God damn it. Right. I'm pretty sure that's not the actual commandment, but. Thou shalt not kill. Yeah, I think, I think the real one's a little less profane, but, you know, it, it's a big one. But yeah, yeah. fuck no, yeah, you're just like Jesus there, mad dog. Yeah, so he's, he's like, he's like trying to compare himself with Jesus and everything. And it was then that he laid out his menu. Oh yes, the big meal. Yeah, and and he was probably just talking shit for the interview, but then when the time come came to have his last meal, he was probably like, you know what, that sounds really good. I mean, <laughs> some of it sounded really good, right? Like I definitely would eat some of that. Dude, I have a I have an awesome recipe for fried squash. So I'm not huge on squash, but I mean, I'd be willing to give it a try because <laughs> I don't even know if I've had it fried. So. Uh, it, fried squash is awesome. I fucking love it. It's a mess to make, yeah. but yeah, just like fried chicken or anything else, it's a mess to make it at home. But but it's yeah. You know, usually it. when you make it at home, it's better than what you're gonna get at a you know. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But when it came to his last words and everything, he said that he was no longer angry and he deserved to die for his crimes. He was no longer angry. He wasn't, because he had yeah. something to be pissed off about. Right. <sighs> well, maybe, yeah, that kind of sounds self-inflicted to me. Right, like, no, you're a giant asshole, buddy. Like, come on. You're not he was, angry. He was, ha- <laughs> he, was, he was happy that he had found God. Mm-hmm. So on April 12th in 1999, Marion... Albert Pruitt was executed by lethal injection in Grady, Arkansas, where he said his last words were begging for forgiveness from his victim's family. Oh, fuck you, mad dog. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, fuck you, mad dog. The the witness protection program went on defense and damage control, and they blamed Pruitt exclusively. Of course they would. Well, I mean, in the end, he is the man killing well, yeah, but still, they, 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 you, if you're giving a criminal, if you're giving a criminal, like, no, I see where you're coming it, from, but I still kind yeah. of hold that, like, where he didn't have a violent crimes beforehand. I don't know how much that changes everything. Cause you see that he's a bank robber. So, like, maybe they hold him more, right. but, with more questioning and more holding and whatnot, are they going to find any evidence? Because in the end, but to still, connect him but still, to his... I, I the, take witness protection... When I say witness protection program, I mean, yeah, there's good... There's that movie Goodfellas and all that stuff and everything, and that was, like, a, you know, similar situations where a criminal gets put into witness protection. But witness protection, I think, should be more focused on, you know, just the guy that just happened to fucking be there accident you know in the wrong place at the wrong time and saw what he saw but i mean you could you know, say that's but to what them, happened to but this to guy them, like if you take his but, story but on to, face value that he was there when the dude was murdered in prison but 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 really you know the the guy that's in the wrong place at the wrong time i mean he's being forced you know basically subpoenaed to testify and all that stuff and 
he has to go into what his life is over. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it's just like, it's, it's, it's just like, I didn't do a fucking thing wrong. I helped you put this guy away. And now the life that I've built my, for myself is gone. That to me is, is witness protection. And it, it really sucks, but I don't know. I mean, it, I guess it's a necessary evil. Well, that's just it because like, it's, it's dicey. I get you. But yeah. once again, you know, you could have looked at it too. This is a guy with a nonviolent record who also just saw a cartel head. Right. So this isn't someone who's already violent who saw a cartel head. This is someone you might want to make sure because you know what I'm saying? They're not involved in what they saw. They're involved in a whole different thing. And right. It's dicey. Like I said, I agree with you. They should have been able, like the sheriff of what was it? Albuquerque. Albuquerque, yeah. Should have been able to see that record. But what I'm saying is, I don't know how, like, they might have been able to hold him longer. They might have even been able to hold him for a week. I don't know right. if that makes evidence that links him to the, like, his wife being dead. So what True. I'm saying is, even if they had that information, it might not change the situation. And when he gets out, it might be a week later, but he's still going to do the same fucking thing he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, in 1984, Congress tightened the rules on the witness protection program, making, among other things, psychological testing on a potential, you know, there you go. Because mandatory, the, mandatory. Point, I don't think they should have even given him the protection. Like, are they sure he didn't kill the person that he was like? Oh yeah, no, I saw the murder go down. Yeah, it's, it's like okay, what they should have done. Is just like, okay, well, he's going to confess. Okay, and, okay, we'll we'll get him out of this prison. We'll put him into a different one for the remaining the remainder of his eleven, yeah, you know, the remaining eleven months in his in his sentence. Yeah, because fuck, this guy makes no sense. <laughs> eleven months, all yeah. this for eleven months. God damn it, eleven months. <laughs> yeah, but like you were saying, he's going to come. He, you know, he's going to come unhinged anyway. Oh yeah, if he gets out after that 11 months, he, he's coming unhinged at some point looking at what he did and how fast it was. Great. Yeah. I mean, that, this, he was a ticking time bomb. Mm -hmm. But, um, but, yeah, the psychological testing on a potential, you know, witness protection when it was a criminal. But the, the family of one of the victims, it, it was um, James Balderson, his family, they basically went on a crusade to try and, and, and get these people held accountable for for things like this mm -hmm. and everything. And and they they were. And them them and the other families and everything were awarded like, you know, fifty thousand dollars in damages. I think it should have been more. Yeah, seriously. But, uh, you know, an un unexpected good thing that came out of the last meal episode. I mean, it's just, it's just you know, it's just like the, the, because of this case, there was a major overhaul on the um, on the whole witness protection thing. So I'm I'm guessing that it runs smoothly. I, I haven't heard any of any witness protection debacles that have happened. Yeah, right sense but who but i don't know maybe i just haven't found it yet well how many people <laughs> had heard about this one right like right I know it was true a big story at the time but i had never heard of this dude i hadn't either until we did the last meal episode <laughs> mad dog mad dog <laughs> but um but 
you know, I mean, it's, it, it was, it was just a, a, a lot of action and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was definitely way up there on the, the, the crazy scale. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just love it when you get somebody that's a freaking dumbass that we can just rip apart. Well, that's like I said, <laughs> I mean, it started kind of as a joke, but it still holds nothing. This guy did made any sense. No, nothing. Not a damn thing. <laughs> I mean, that's a good story. Like, right there. Nothing this man does is logical in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Let's talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, let this, this one, this one, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I found this one. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but that's, but that that's it. I mean, um, you know, follow us on social media. Um, all those links are in the, you know, in the episode description and all that stuff and everything. Um, it, and for God's sakes, interact with us. We want to talk to you guys. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I talk to you, Marks. You do. I'm talking to. I'm talking to the, you know, like thousands of people that follow us on social media. <laughs> Just interact with us. I mean, Mark, Middle Illness Theater's fans interact with them. Yeah, we've got like 40 fans and they talk to us and it's like, weird. We have, you we guys have are one, all so broken had just one like us. Inter- we had one interaction. One! One! About the. <laughs> hey, we're big in Australia. What can I say? <laughs> no, no, seriously? You interact with us on Twitter or on Facebook, <laughs> you're gonna get a shout out. <laughs> I'm bribing our listeners. I mean, We've that's got the, the way listeners. To do it, man. <laughs> we'll get you a, we'll give you a shout out. <laughs> and anyway, thank you very much for listening and thank you, Mark, for filling in for Todd. And <laughs> no problem, man. Anytime. <laughs> That, that was that was a blast. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, that was a fun one. Yeah, it it was. Um until next week. Later. Have a good one, man. Catch you later. <laughs>